Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Again, we have a lot of uh, teaching CD in the church that you can either download from podcasts for free, or you can come and get the CD here for free. We give teaching for free. We don't sell the teaching. Or if you really want to listen to everything, you can come in with a big hard drive, 200 gigabyte, and we can download everything, and you can listen to all the teachings, many, many kinds of teaching. We record the teaching every Sunday and put in the archive for people to study. I really believe in the power of God. I believe that on the pulpit like this, we need to teach the Word of God. And the Word of God will renew your mind and will strengthen your faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. So I'm not coming up here to say something waste of the time, talking about movie or TV or something like that. I'm going to teach the Word of God because we have limited time on earth here. We don't have time to play around on the pulpit. Amen? Tonight, I would like to talk about God's power and the Holy Spirit. In fact, this lesson is a very basic lesson that I taught long, long time ago, but never record in the CD. And last Sunday, the Lord spoke to me that I need to bring this lesson to share with everyone this Friday. I may not be able to finish everything, but at least we get some idea. God wants us to have His power. God doesn't want us to live on earth here by our own strength. How many people want to go to Everett from here by walking? Raise your hand up. How many people want to have a nice car driving to Everett? Amen. How many people want to go to Taiwan by swimming across the ocean? No one. We want to get on the good jet airplane to go to Taiwan. Eva Airline or something like that. Is that right? So the same thing, God doesn't want us to depend on our own strength to live on earth here. Actually, in this world, we have so many enemies that come against our soul, such as Satan and evil spirit, the system of the world, and also our own flesh, our own sinful nature. We have three kinds of enemy. And in order to overcome this enemy in our own life and help other people to overcome the enemy. We need the power of God. And thank God, God has provided us His power. And He wants us to receive that power and not stay in the same air at level, but He wants us to keep increasing and increasing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And every one of us who is a born-again Christian is a candidate to receive the power of God. The Bible says that in the end time, many people will seek only the form of godliness. They come to church singing a few hymns, a few hers, and listening to the preaching from the Encyclopedia Britannica. And then they leave the church, they come in dead, they leave dead the same. Because they are not believing in the power of God. They just want the form of godliness come in the church and have a tradition and rituals, but nothing changed. And the Apostle Paul warned us that in the end time, many people will seek only the form of religion, but deny the power of the Holy Spirit. But our church, 
doesn't want to do that way. We want to welcome the power of God. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Lord Jesus said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Everyone say power. Everyone say come upon. Everyone say witness. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, before I go on, I would like to say one thing so that you understand. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, there are three things that the Holy Spirit are working on earth here. Number one, we call with. The Holy Spirit can be with people and talk to people. i give you an example. 28, 29 years ago, before I became a Christian, I came to Seattle and I listened to the gospel the first time. And I remember I heard the voice talking to me. You need to be born again. You need God. You need to repent. And I believe that that voice come from the Holy Spirit calling me to be born again. The Holy Spirit was not in me yet because I was not born again. But the Holy Spirit was with me and was talking to me in that dining table. I never forgot that experience. That I heard not the audible voice, but I heard the voice in my mind that I need to be born again. And then the Holy Spirit come and dwell inside us. Everyone say, with Everyone say in. The Holy Spirit stay inside us after we are born again when the disciple accepted Jesus as the Savior. Jesus breathed upon them and the Bible said they received the Holy Spirit. So every born again Christian has the Holy Spirit on the inside as a zeal of salvation. The Spirit of God living on the inside every believer. But there is another condition that we're going to talk about tonight is upon, on. That's why the Bible used the word anointing. The word anointing gives us the picture of oil that put upon the skin. When you want to anoint somebody, you put the oil upon somebody's head and the oil comes down upon body. The oil is outside and soak upon the skin and the body. Whenever the Bible used the word the spirit and upon, and the word anointing is about power. So with means conviction. The Holy Spirit come and convict you to repent. But in the Holy Spirit stamp in you and make a seal in your life that God is your father. So that is salvation. But when the Bible talks about upon, it talks about anointing or power. In this scripture, Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This scripture talk about power, not salvation. In fact, Jesus was talking to the believers here. Jesus did not talk to the non-believer. He was talking to the disciple who were born again already. That they need not only salvation, but they need the upon or the coming on the Holy Spirit or the anointing of the Holy Spirit so they can have power to witness, to perform signs and wonders and to preach the gospel. A lot of time, Christians in this world stop at only in, but don't have upon, because they have a wrong theology or doctrine. They think that it's enough to be a Christian and receive the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, and that's it. No, nothing more than that. In fact, 
God wants us to have more and more and thicker and thicker anointing. The Bible talks about Jesus, that Jesus has the anointing or has the spirit without measure or without limitation. I want to have like that. I want to have the anointing without limitation. The anointing to the point that even the shadow of my body fall and the sick and they will be healed. That's my goal. One day, I want to have that much anointing in my life. And I'm going to keep seeking and seeking more anointing of the Lord. Amen. Every Christian should seek the anointing. Seek to be touched and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ gives us a very good example of how much we as human beings, you know, Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. But he came into the world as a man. The Bible says he set aside, he laid aside his glory and power. When he came into the world, Jesus did not perform any miracle until he turned 30 years old. He grew up as a man. But he gave us good example of how a man and a woman like all of us who live on earth here need the Holy Spirit really badly. If Jesus needs the Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit even more because we are human beings. Amen? Look at the life of Jesus first, setting us a good example. Luke chapter 1, 34 to 35, the birth of Jesus was quickened by the Holy Spirit. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit give power to bring conception into the womb of Mary. Will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The birth of Jesus Christ was done by the Holy Spirit. The same thing. Our new birth, when we were born again, the Holy Spirit was doing the job. He convicted us. He make us see the light of the gospel. Therefore, we make a decision to accept Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit was involved in the birth of Jesus. The Holy Spirit was involved also in the new birth of our life as well. Amen? Look at the second thing that the Holy Spirit did in the life of Jesus. In Luke chapter 3, I'm glad that Luke is a doctor. So, I am a doctor too. So, we have the same aspect that we are spiritual people even though we are scientists. Luke chapter 3, 21 to 22, when all the people were baptized... You need to understand, at this point, Jesus grew up to 30 years old. He was growing up as a carpenter. And he never performed even one miracle. But he has the Holy Spirit on the inside of him because he was born by the work of the Holy Spirit. He did not have human spirit. He has the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. But now, to the point that he was going to go out to perform signs and wonders and preach the gospel, what happened to him? When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized, talking about baptized in water. And while he prayed, the heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon. Everyone say upon. You see again, here is about power. Upon. Upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. 
even though Jesus was born by the Holy Spirit and he was the son of the living God, but the first 30 years, he was growing up as a man. By this time, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God came upon him. And right after that, he began to perform signs and wonders. He began to make disciples, cast out demons, heal the sick, stop the wind, and perform so many, many miracles after that day at the Jordan River. He did not do it before the anointing of the Holy Spirit came upon him at that river. How much more as believers, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed the coming upon of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, we need even more than him. Amen? You can see example here that Jesus set us a good example that every believer needs to be anointed or be filled with the Holy Spirit, the coming upon of the anointing of God. And after he got the infilling of the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River, after that, the Bible talk about he walking under the power all the time. He was walking in the power of the Holy Spirit 24-7. I like to do that. I like to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit 24-7 all the time. I like to follow his example. And because he followed the Holy Spirit, he was filled with the Holy Spirit all the time. Look at his ministry. Luke chapter 4, 14 to 15. After he was filled with the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Wow. When you go back home tonight, your mom see you. Your mom or your dad, if you are still young and living in your home, in your mom's home. Or maybe your wife didn't come with you. You go back home and your wife look at you. Oh, he come back with the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Wow. We should be the people who went around throughout the surrounding, throughout Seattle, Duval, throughout Belleville and Kirkland with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he performed signs and wonders. He was walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And verse 21, he said, And he began to say to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your healing. What scripture he was talking about? What scripture that Jesus talking about is a scripture from Isaiah 61 verse 1. Jesus was quoting the scripture that the scripture in Isaiah 61 verse 1 was fulfilled in his life at that moment. What did the Bible say? The spirit of the Lord of God is upon me. Everyone say upon. Again, the word upon and on mean the anointing, mean the power. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed, everyone say anointing, anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bowed. And then Jesus quoted the scripture in Luke chapter 4, 18 to 19. I read a lot of scripture tonight. To show you that this is not my own idea, okay? It's in the Bible. Luke chapter 4, 18 to 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
if you want to preach the gospel, you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You cannot just preach with your own strength. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How many people that you have met have a brokenhearted situation? The family breakdown, financial problem, lots of problems. People need the anointing in your life to set the captive free, to heal the brokenhearted, but not by your own strength, not by your own diploma from the Bible school, not your title in the church called pastor, evangelist. No, not the title. Not the diploma, but by the anointing, by the spirit of the living God to proclaim liberty to the captives. A lot of people are in captivity by demonic, uh, demonic spirit or evil spirit. And we want to set them free by the anointing and recovery of sight to the blind. I believe that this has two meanings, healing the sick and also set the captive free from being blind spiritually, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus Christ did all this thing not by his own title, but by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. And you can do even greater than him. Because Jesus said, the work that I did, you shall do also and greater work than this you shall do. If Jesus did all of these things by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, how much more we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? And you can expect to do more than Him. That's my expectation. Amen. We're going to read more, many more scriptures later on to see that the church can do great works. And the Bible called the Holy Spirit counselor. In John chapter 16, verse 7, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Why? Because Jesus could be at one place at one time. Jesus could be in Jerusalem, but at that time he could not be in Seattle. But the Holy Spirit can be upon and in every believer all over the world at one time. And anytime, anywhere, any place, in the airplane, in the car, any place, the Holy Spirit can be with you. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit was given to us to be our counselor. He tells us what to do. He shows us what we need to say. He shows us the future. He is the best helper. He's the best counselor. I told all the, the pastors that I pastor them. You know, our church planted many churches, and we have so many young pastors. And I told all of them all the time, don't copy the way the church run here because we are not going by methodology. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit yourself, what you need to do in your own city. The Holy Spirit needs to lead you, not me. You need to hook up to the Holy Spirit themselves. That's why when I go to the meeting in foreign country and help building these churches, one thing I do, I lay hand on everybody and get them filled with the Holy Spirit. And they go back home, and they can be led by the Holy Spirit, not by a man. But the Spirit of God will be their counselor. Amen? A lot of people misunderstand that the Holy Spirit is just an abstract. It's just the idea. It's just the good bum feeling. It's just like something that you feel. But the Holy Spirit is a person. God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the person. 
and I'm going to read to you many scriptures to show to you that the Holy Spirit is a person, and we need to respect Him. We need to treat Him with honor. Amen. So when we begin to lay hand, please don't chit chat and talk and do something that despises the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is moving, we need to really honor the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you click on the internet and you see some pornography come up, you need to ask yourself: If I watch that pornography, am I honoring the Holy Spirit on the inside of me? The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If we look at the pornography in the computer, we are despising the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. If we are gossiping, we are doing bad things. We are despising the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. He is a person. If you treat the Holy Spirit as a person, your life will never be the same. Amen. Amen. The same thing. When I go home, I need to talk to my wife. I cannot just walk in and ignore her for three hours. I can guarantee if I don't talk to her for three hours, I will be in trouble that night. I will sleep in the couch. She will not let me go into the bedroom because she thinks that I despise her. When I go home, the first thing I walk into the house after I set everything down, Dao, where are you? And she yell from another room, I'm here. Why? Because I'm not ignoring her. I need to honor her by saying hi. How are you? The food is good. Calling her off and on to talk. Amen. I'm gonna give her a new phone now. We can text message to each other, <laughs> and maybe with a video talking, the new phone. Amen. We need to talk. We need to fellowship. We need to listen. We need to have the fellowship with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis because He is a person. We cannot ignore Him. I know that some of you may not talk to the Holy Spirit for 10 years already. You've been a Christian for 10 years. You never even talk to the Holy Spirit. Never listen to Him. That is despising. Amen. Luke chapter 12, verses 11 to 12. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit. Will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Everyone say, "Teach." Can a table or a chair teach you? No. Only a person can teach you. The Holy Spirit can teach you because He is the person. Amen. Look at Acts chapter twenty, verse twenty-three. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. The Holy Spirit warns Apostle Paul of hardships. The Holy Spirit is a person; He warns us of the coming problems. Amen. Have you ever faced that situation in your life that the Holy Spirit warned you? I told you uh, that in my surgery, many times the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. One time, I was closing the skull because it's summer time. I want to get out of the operating room ASAP. And while I was closing the skull, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. You missed one clot in the brain that the CAT scan did not show. So I opened the skull back up, get into that side of the brain, and found the clot that I did not know because the CAT scan did not show. Because I listened to the Holy Spirit. Another time, a young lady has some leg pain, and her CAT scan show, uh, the MRI show a small disc that rupture. 
But on the weekend, she was watering her plant at home, and then the pain got worse. But I did not know. I went into the surgery, and I planned to just open and decompress the nerve without taking the disc out because the disc was small. The disc herniation was small. While I was performing surgery, I did not know at all what happened to her on the weekend because we did not have a chance to talk. The Holy Spirit warned me. He said, "Cut the bone higher a little bit more, and you're going to see something." I say in my heart, I did not see that in the MRI. The Holy Spirit told me this, but I listened anyway. So I cut the bone up higher. I found a huge piece of extruded disc material that ruptured on the weekend. I saw her on a Friday. Surgery was on Monday. The rupture happened on Saturday. But God told me and warned me. I pulled that piece out, huge piece that did not show in the MRI because it happened just a couple of days before surgery. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for warning us and telling us what to do. Amen. That's why we need to teach you to be spiritual people. When I say spiritual people, I don't mean to be religious people. It means to be sensitive and obeying and yielding to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 7. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. The Holy Spirit warned them, told them what to do, told them not to go to that city, but go to another city. Amen. The Holy Spirit tells you what to do. There is a great witness that's sitting in this room. His name is Stephen Chu. Stephen Chu was sitting there, and I remember he was suffering from depression and peptic ulcer, and, and we prayed for him so many times that nothing happened. Until one day, I was driving in Bartholomew close to his home. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, go to his home right now, today is a day of deliverance. So I drove to his home that day, and we did not do much. We, I just hugged him and prayed for him while I was hugging. But at that time, the Holy Spirit gave me faith, and he was set free that day. And he's fine now. The Holy Spirit tells you what to do. Amen. That's why we need to listen to the Holy Spirit in the examination room. When you want to do the exam, final exam in the... When you open the book, when you study, that's what I did. When I went to Houston, Texas to, to do the board exam for neurosurgery, I tell you, about seven books of neurosurgery. And I didn't study that much because I was pastoring the church. So I was really shaking that I cannot fail the test and I don't want to do again. You know what I did? I was sitting in the waiting room at the hospital in Houston. I was sitting there and I prayed, Holy Spirit, guide me to open the right page. <laughs> in those two hours, I opened the book to the right pages. And I tell you, every single question, this is an oral exam, not a written exam. Every single question from these two, I have to go into three rooms. Each room has two neurosurgeons. Show me films and ask all the questions. Oral exam to be the board certified neurosurgeon. Every question that came out from their mouth that day came from those pages that I opened. <laughs> Praise God. When I walk out of the exam room, the last room, my boss come and tap on my shoulder and say, you passed. Congratulations. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit helped me. Don't do like this or the student. That is scary. Very scary. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray, 
for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You see that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. I want to encourage you. If you don't know what to pray, you do two things. Number one, pray in tongue. Because when you pray in tongue, the Holy Spirit pray through you when you don't know what to pray. Or if you don't want to pray in tongue, you begin to hook up to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to tell you what to pray for that person. The Holy Spirit will help you to pray exactly according to the will of the Father. Amen? That's why it's so important to train members to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You come to the revival meeting like this, this is a laboratory for you. I want to tell you. Why we have revival meeting? One of the reasons not that you will be set free, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. But this is the condition, this is the atmosphere of training and laboratory. Because out there in the shopping mall, in the Bellevue Mall, on the road, you don't have pastor allowed to help you. You need to learn how to hook up to the Holy Spirit here. In the meeting like this, you learn how to hook up. When you go out, you already learn that experience. You can hook up very fast. You can listen very fast. You can geo. You can understand the voice. While you are lying on the floor here, when God touch you, God speaks to you in the presence of God. So you recognize the voice. Like for example, if somebody call me, I will say, I'm sorry, who are you? Because I don't know you. I'm not familiar with you yet. You are new members or new guests in the church. But I can guarantee if Pastor Da call me, honey, I know right away. I know the voice of Pastor Da right away. If I don't know, I'm in trouble. I will sleep on the couch. <laughs> so you can see that because of practicing Practicing the presence of God, being in the revival meeting. You learn how to hook up to the voice of God, learn how to yield, learn how to surrender, learn how to be filled. And definitely all of us may be in a different level and different scale of how to hook up to the Holy Spirit because we come from different backgrounds. I hook up easily because I came from cultish background. When I was young, I was playing with a lot of demons. So I'm very sensitive to the spirit, more than a lot of people in America who play all the time with computer. But me, when I was young, oh, I tell you, I was in occults. I played with all the demonic activities. So I understand the spiritual world very easily. But some of you may have to come here on a regular basis. That's why the Bible talks about ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, and swim in the water. What does it mean? Ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, and swim in the water. Mean that some of you may be just ankle deep. You come today, you don't know, you scare when you see the Holy Spirit is moving you. Oh, what's going on there? You still ankle deep, like you go to Waikiki Beach and you see the blue water and you, oh, is it cold or not? Hmm, maybe, should I jump in? No, no, it's too cold. But for me, ha ha ha. I jump into the Waikiki water right away, the sea, because I know it's good. Some of you come here for many months already, you jump in very fast because you get used to it. You know that the Holy Spirit is good. But some of you come from the traditional church, you never experience the Holy Spirit. You may be just, just your tiptoe. God, you know, that's okay. This time, tiptoe. But next month, maybe ankle. And next month, maybe in the calf area. You go deeper and deeper and deeper, little by little. Don't compare yourself with anybody. 
But your job is to seek the Lord. Your job is to keep pressing in, keep seeking, keep going in to be touched again and again and again, so that you will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit out there in the shopping mall, in the bus stop, in the classroom. When you witness to somebody, the Holy Spirit can minister to you and talk to you at that place. You see the point here? Why we need to come to this kind of meeting to train you how to be touched and to be flowing in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you understand now? The Holy Spirit is the person. Everyone say the Holy Spirit is the person. And look at what the early church did. The early church, actually, we call the Book of Acts, is not the acts of men. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit in men. Everyone say the acts of the Holy Spirit. Because the early church fully, fully welcomed the Holy Spirit. Their ministry are different from today. I mentioned so many times that if Jesus show up in the church in America, the church may be closed down. If Apostle Peter and Paul show up in the church in America, many members will leave the church. Because their meeting will last about five hours. All day, all night until people fall off the window and break the neck and have to raise the dead. They will not have one and a half hour service like in America. They don't sing three hymns and three her and then quit and sing doxology. They don't have doxology in the, new, in the book of Acts. I can guarantee if Jesus show up in a meeting, if Apostle Paul show up in a meeting, you're going to hear some noise because demons going to come out. You're going to see healing. You're going to see people filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongue. You're going to see Jesus may preach for hours and hours and hours. And he doesn't care. Because he is led by the Holy Spirit. He's not living in the fear of man. A lot of churches will not welcome. Jesus show up and they say, who are you? Jesus? You Jesus? No, this is not the church. The church only one and a half hour. Get out of here. This is not the church. Three hours is not the church. What are you talking about? We need programs. We need a lot of programs. Jesus did not have programs. Jesus have only the Holy Ghost. Not the gram, the ghost. I don't want program, I want the Holy Ghost. Because the program will never change anybody. I tell you the truth, the program will never change anybody. If you invite me to go to see nice program in any church, I say no. I don't want program, I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Word of God. I want the reality of Christianity. Not just nice, nice program on the pulpit and never change my life. I want the reality of Christianity. Amen? I want to be the book of Acts church. Acts chapter 1 verses 4 to 5. Look at what Jesus said. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. He was talking to the believer. Not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. What is the promise of the Father? Joel chapter 2 verse 28. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which he said, you have heard from me, but for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You see, Jesus commanded. This is a command. This is not an option. This is not a begging thing. Like, oh, please, please. He said, 
You must stay in Jerusalem. You must wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's a command of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the early church disciple obeyed. They stayed. They waited. The 120 people stayed. Interestingly, thousands of people got touched by Jesus. 5,000 men were fed by Jesus. But only 120 people were in the upper room. Is it interesting? God tried to tell us that not a lot of Christians in the world are interested in the Spirit of God. They just want the program. They don't want the meeting with the Holy Ghost moving because the flesh inside is too strong. They want something comfortable. They want something easy. Because when the Holy Spirit moves, you have to repent. You have to change. You cannot stay the same. That's why only 120 people stay in the upper room. And what is the outcome? When I read the scripture, I say, this is mine. I want this. I want this today. Acts chapter 5, 12 to 16. Everyone say, we want this. Acts chapter 5, 12 to 16. I want this to happen in Seattle. And through the hands of the apostles. Many people who come to our church wonder why we lay hand all the time. Why this church lay hand a lot. I want to tell you, this is not Dr. Lau idea. This is not New Hope International Church tradition. This is in the Bible. The early church, this apostle, even the, the Bible said in the book of Acts, the apostle Paul, the Bible say, unusual miracles were done by the hand of the apostle Paul. And the handkerchief that he touched healed the sick. So it means that the early church disciple and apostle used the laying on of hand all the time. Everything done by the hands. And this is biblical. The laying on of hand is the ABC of the doctrine of Christianity. Nothing big deal. Jesus lay hand. Moses lay hand on Joshua. Aaron lay hand. The Bible talks about lay hand all the time. Acts chapter 5, 12 to 16. And through the hands of the apostle, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest there joined them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the street and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And I like this sentence. They were all healed. That's why I say, this is mine. I want that. I want that. I want that to happen in this church. I want that to happen in my meeting. They were all healed. Why? Because they were anointed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. They did not have a dry, clean service. Pretty loud. Pretty messy in the eyes of men. Because God touched people. Demon come out. People get healed. People jump up and down and run and say, I'm healed, I'm healed. The meetings of the apostles were full of signs and wonder and miracles. And look throughout the book of Acts. 
Many times, many times, many places, the book of Acts talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter filled with the diploma from the Bible school. Is that right? Then Peter have a, such a nice program in the church. Is that right? No. Filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of people and elders of Israel. They all did everything with, with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4, verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. Again and again and again, they were seeking the re-infilling of the Holy Spirit again and again and again. Acts chapter 7, verse 5. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Stephen, before he died, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was not afraid of being stoned to death because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. If the end time comes, and we are persecuted, and somebody put the gun on your head and said, will you deny Jesus? I believe that many of us, at that time, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you, and you begin to say, no, I'm not denying Jesus, and the Holy Ghost is going to give you laughter. <laughs> you get drunk in the Holy Ghost. When you get drunk, they can shoot you, and you care nothing, because you are drunk. I think that's what happened in the end time. Amen? We're going to be drunk in the Holy Ghost. When the hard time come, and we are not afraid of anything. Acts chapter 11, verse 22 to 24. The news of this thing came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For, listen carefully, the way that shows the leader in the church was not looking at the handsomeness, the beauty, or the education, this is the quality of the early church leader in the early church. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Our leader in the church should be full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Amen? That is the quality of the early church Christian. Now, I'm going to show you many scriptures that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit the first time, what happened to them in the early church? Acts chapter 2, verse 4. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In the upper room, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit the first time, they were speaking in tongues. They were speaking the language that they never learned before can be angelic language, can, it can be human language, but they don't understand. It's the language they never learned before. Why God use tongue? Why God control your tongue? If you read throughout the scripture, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, you will see again and again and again, when the Bible says, a person filled with the Holy Spirit, the next sentence, the Bible says, he opened his mouth and speak. Interesting. Look at the prophet in the Bible, in the Old Testament. When 
the prophet was filled with the Holy Spirit. The next sentence says, he opened his mouth and speak. There is a connection between the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the tongue. Why? The tongue is a small organ, but it controls the whole body. If God can control your tongue, He can control your whole body. It's a symbol of being controlled by God fully. So some of you, when you're touched by the Holy Spirit, you feel the urge on the inside. You just open your mouth and speak in tongue. Don't hold back. You speak, not Him speak. God is not speaking. You speak. But he gives you the language. Amen. Acts chapter 10 verses 44 to 46. Why Peter was still speaking these words. The Holy Spirit fell upon. Everyone say upon. This is not with. This is not in. This is upon. Upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit. Actually in the Greek language means the person of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard, how did they know that these Gentiles were filled with the Holy Spirit? For, which means because, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered. How do you know a person is filled with the Holy Spirit the first time? That person speaks in tongue. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 6 and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. Then Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciple, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? It's interesting. Paul thought that these people were born-again Christians. Actually, they were not born-again Christians. They were the disciples of John. And the first question Paul asked, this is interesting. Listen carefully. He did not ask, What church do you go? What is the name of your pastor? What is your denomination? He did not ask all this question. Today when we ask people, Oh, what church do you go? Oh, what is your pastor? What denomination? The first question Paul asked this so-called disciple, Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Wow! It means that in the heart of this great apostle who wrote most of the books in the Bible, saw the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. The first question, have you been filled? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Also, this question gives us another doctrine. It's not true that only being born again and it's done and no more. Because if he asks this to the believer, it means that there is another experience besides having the Holy Spirit on the inside. The second experience is to be filled, the coming upon of the Holy Spirit, and you speak in tongue. Paul asked this question to the so-called disciple or believer in his mind. You see my point? Are you getting what I try to say? It's not enough just to believe her. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul tried to say here. So they said to him, we have not much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. It means they were not born again yet. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now they were born again. They accept Jesus. They were baptized in water in the name of Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands, everyone say, laid hands, 
on them. The Holy Spirit came upon everyone. Say upon. You can see again and again. I try to emphasize the word upon. The Bible used this word again and again. Upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Everyone say speaking in tongues. This is one of the initial signs of being filled with the Holy Spirit that the Bible repeatedly mentioned. Amen. How do you know you are filled with the Holy Spirit? You speak in tongues. But actually, if you look throughout the Bible, I don't think I have time tonight to explain. Maybe next time. There are other physical signs too that you are touched by the Holy Spirit. But definitely, speaking in tongues is a must. You must speak in tongues to be a sign of evidence of the being filled with the Holy Spirit. But when the Spirit of God touch people. There are other signs as well, and we're going to talk next time. How about that? Okay, so you understand. I don't have time to explain tonight. Otherwise, we're going to stay here until midnight. Too long teaching. Now, I want to conclude. How are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Some of you have been filled already. You speak in tongue already, but God never says filled with the Holy Spirit one time. You should be filled again and again and again. And it's wonderful. I want to encourage all of you. I have the privilege to be a pastor and to lay hand on people every Sunday. And every Sunday, I was filled with the Holy Spirit because I was a conduit. I was a channel that the Holy Spirit came through me, touched people by the laying on of hand. So every single Sunday, I have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and I see the change in my life every week. My relationship with God has grown so much. I rarely get sick. I have more faith than ever before. It's interesting when the Holy Spirit really works something on the inside of you, week by week, from glory to glory to glory to glory. Some of you may think that I am a crazy man. Lay hand every Sunday. I tell you, I'm not crazy. I'm heavenly, because I'm doing what heaven wants to do: is to get people being filled again and again and again, so that they will be moved from glory to glory to glory to glory. They don't stay stagnant in their faith and in their walk with God. And I notice one thing: this is my observation. Christians who never experience the Holy Spirit easily backslide, especially young people, college students. If they never been touched by the Holy Spirit, they will be bombarded by the secular idea in the university, and they are gone because they never experience God. But whoever has experience of the burning bush, touched by God by the fire of God, rarely backslide. It's true. It's different between I marry. Da on the paper, on the picture, on the wall. I marry you, and I know you, Da. It's different from that to marry Da on the on the picture on the wall, or go to honeymoon with her and go to Waikiki Beach and spend time with her. It's totally different. The same thing. Christians who have been touched by God will know and know and know that God is real. He touched me. He healed me. He give me sight. He change me. I cannot deny God. I don't care what the scientists in the university say about evolution. I don't care. 
Because you don't know God is real. I know and I know God is real. I don't come from monkey. I don't come from apes. I come from God because God touched me. Amen. That's why the devil hates the Holy Spirit. The devil doesn't want the church to move in the Holy Spirit because we, he wants people to backslide fast without the experience of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Number one, Ephesians 5:17 to 18. I'm talking basic today. Actually, this is ABC. Very basic teaching. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. But be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit. Apostle Paul say, do not be unwise. Don't seek the thing of the world. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Again and again and again and again. And when you got filled, you can be drunk. You understand the word drunk means? I got drunk one time in my life and never again. Because I threw up a lot and I didn't like it. I got drunk when I finished the high school. I sneaked out of my house. Pastor Dad didn't know. She was my girlfriend. I went to spend time with my friend who finished high school at one house. I just still remember that day. We drank and drank and drank. Oh, I was drunk for the whole night. Pastor Dad didn't know. I don't want to get into trouble. <clears throat> and I understand what word drunk means. It means alcohol marinated your cells, your blood, your brain cell, your muscle, everything. So the and the alcohol really control every cell in your body because you're so marinated, you're so filled with alcohol. That is drunk by alcohol. Drunk by the Holy Spirit that you are filled and marinated and just soaked by the Spirit of God to the point that you have no strength to stand and you just laugh and you just have fun in the Holy Ghost. Actually, I, was, I got drunk in the Holy Ghost many times in my life, and I tell you, it looked like people drunk with alcohol. Exactly. But the difference is that good feeling. Not hangover. Not sin. It's holy and pure, and it's good. Being drunk by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Paul tried to say that. We must realize the importance of being filled with the power of God. We need to come to the point of our life that I cannot make it by my own strength. I cannot be a holy Christian by my own ability. I cannot lay hand on the sick and they get healed by my own education. Being a good member in the church. I cannot be a good disciple of Jesus Christ without the power of God. I need the power. I need the Holy Spirit. You need to come to that point that you're so desperate. You're so just die to self and say, I'm nothing. I need you. You need to come to that point of your life in order to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? How many people feel that way? Without God, you cannot do anything. You need the Holy Spirit. Secondly, Galatians chapter 3, verses 2 to 9. I'm going to read only a couple of verses, but I'm going to explain the meaning. 2 to 9, I read 2 and 3. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? 
The Apostle Paul tried to say that we are not filled with the Holy Spirit by having great knowledge or by being a good man, a good Christian. Actually, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be good. We cannot say I'm good first, then I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the giving of the Holy Spirit to you is not a reward. Actually, it's a must to be able to be a good Christian. Amen. Don't put Z before A. A must come before C. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit by faith. If you come to me tonight, Pastor, I don't know the whole Bible. I never finished reading the Bible. I'm just a weak believer. I'm a new Christian. I don't know anything. I don't think I'm good enough to receive the Holy Spirit. Is a lie of the enemy. You don't receive the Holy Spirit by being good Christian, by knowing the Bible, by being a good member of the church. You receive the Holy Spirit by faith. You say, "I want. I am desiring. I'm hungry." Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Today I eat pizza for lunch. When I put pizza in my mouth, I have faith that they don't put poison in there. Otherwise, I would not put pizza in my mouth. The same thing to receive the Holy Spirit is good. I eat. Let me ask this question: How many people before you eat sushi, you sit down for five hours thinking about how they made that rice, how they cook that fish, how they roll it, how they make that soy sauce? You think and analyze and analyze for five hours before you put one piece of. Sushi into your mouth. How many people do that? Raise your hand up. I want to be- perform a brain transplant. <laughs> You're crazy. What do you do when you are hungry and you sit in front of five pieces of rainbow roll? I like rainbow roll. What do you do when you look at it? You are hungry. Your stomach like <laughs> chopstick. You don't even think. You just eat by faith <laughs> that they don't put the poison in there. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. You don't stand here to get prayed for, and you start to analyze one, two. T- his hand is his finger is long. Is it warm? Did he? You know, you can start to think and analyze everything. No, you don't analyze. You just up, up. You just drink. You just eat. The same thing with the Holy Spirit by faith. By hunger, three, John chapter seven thirty-seven to thirty-eight. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, "If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of the, his heart will flow rivers of living water." And then, verse thirty-nine, Jesus said that living water is the Holy Spirit. We sing song today, rivers, many times. That is the symbol of the Holy Spirit. So, how do you get the Holy Spirit? You need to be thirsty. You need to be hungry for the things of God. If you think that you have arrived, I'm okay. I'm a good Christian. I'm a member of the choir in my church. I know a lot of Bible. I don't need all this stuff. This stuff. This stuff. I don't care. I'm fine. I'm a good Christian. I don't care about Holy Spirit. What you talking about? You will never get anything from God. You will never get the Holy Spirit, because God is a gentle man. He will never force you. You need to come to Him humble, very humble, and hungry, and thirsty for the things of God. Amen.
and it's good to have the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 11, verse 13, we must ask. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God will not give you if you don't ask. You need to ask. Why the woman with the issue of blood have to push all the crowd and touch the garment of Jesus, the cloak of Jesus? Because she wants to ask. Amen? Why the blind men come to Jesus and say, Jesus, the son of David, healed us, healed us. They yell, they ask. The principle of God is, if you want something from God, you need to ask. That's the reason why some of you may wonder why we have people line up here, stand in line to lay hand. One of the reasons is that people who come and stand in the line, show to God, are desperate enough, and I'm asking God. If you sit in the back of the room and you just watch, God, why don't you work with Pastor Lao hard to walk to me? It's different. But if you run from the back and come to the front right away, you say, God, I'm desperate. I'm like a woman with the issue of blood. You touch me. I'm really hungry and desperate for the things of God. God, look at the heart. Amen? And don't tell me that your action doesn't tell what is in your heart. It tells. I tell you, your action tells what is in your heart. If you're really desperate, you will run to the front. But when I first get into the file of God, many years ago, more than how many years? 1995, I start. 15 years ago, I was doing a fast running. I was running very fast in every single meeting I went because I'm short. I cannot compete with American pastor who has a longer leg than me. I noticed at the end of the preaching, I know that they're going to call pastor first. At the end of the preaching, I sit like this. I don't sit like this because I'm getting ready. When the preacher say, pastor, come out. I was a second or third all the time on the road because I want to show to God that I am really hungry. I'm not going to miss the Holy Spirit in this meeting. And that was going on for years and years. Amen? You need to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God. That's what Jesus said. This is not my word. And you need to ask. Come out to ask God. And you need to repent and confess your sin. You need to come with the attitude that God, you deal with me, you fill me. I want you to help me. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the person, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Last thing, you need to cooperate with him. God is a gentleman. He will never force you. Acts 2, 4 say that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. You need to surrender. Receiving the Holy Spirit is like jumping into the lap of the Father. If my father sits there and I want to sit in his lap and my father calls me and no, no, like this. I keep thinking like this. I don't want to jump into his lap and sit on his lap and I will get money. But if I sit on the lap, he may give me a few bucks. Maybe he take me to a movie. 
It's same thing like when you want to jump into the ocean at Waikiki Beach, or you want to do snorkeling. I went to Hanama Bay last week. Snorkeling is so good. A lot of fish. Oh, I tell you, when my foot go down into the water, Hanama Bay, that day we don't have sunshine. Pretty cold. I was thinking, should I take this cold water and see the fish? But I decided to do it. So I passed the grab hand and jump in. And after a few minutes, it's warm because our body get used to the water, and we just float and saw all the fish so beautiful. I love that. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. If you don't jump in, you don't surrender, you don't cooperate, you just sit on the beach and just. When the Holy Spirit want to push you into the water, you just no, don't push me. And the Holy Spirit is going to push you in the water. And you, no, don't push me, please. If you do that, you will never get anything. You need to surrender. You need to jump in. And just surrender. Just jump into the lap of the Father. Amen. Get filled. Surrender. And I tell you, it may look very embarrassed. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit touch you, your hairstyle is going to be gone. Your mascara will be out to here. You may come out of the Holy Spirit look like a mess because you cry and your eye swollen. Some lady here, if you care too much about how you look in the Holy Spirit, it will be very difficult to receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you are self-conscious. You are not God-conscious. That's why this meeting is inside here. We don't do on the street. Because we know that you don't want people to see you in a mess, have in a quiet room here, no outsider, no camera around here to take your picture to put in the in the newspaper. Look at that person; he looked like a mess. The hair, no, we don't take picture here. Amen. You need to be God conscious and forget about yourself and let God deal with you. Then you can receive more. This is all about attitude issue. It's about attitude. If you want to receive from the Holy Spirit, you need to come to God with that attitude. God, whatever you want in my life, do it. Deal with me. Amen. You learned something tonight. Hallelujah. In conclusion, God wants to give us the power, and we receive the power by the infilling or the coming upon of the Holy Spirit. The first experience we call baptism with the Holy Spirit. And with fire, God wants to pour out the Spirit and the fire of God upon our life. We need to be hungry and ask Him and get filled and keep getting filled. And the Holy Spirit will change you from glory to glory to glory. You cannot sit still. You're going to be on fire for God. You want to witness. You want to go out to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. You need to surrender. He is the person when He touch you. Talk to him like you talk to a person. You know, I did this all the time. When the Holy Spirit touched me, I talked to the Holy Spirit. He was lifting up. I said, "Not enough. Come back." He come back. He came back to touch me more. He was lifting up for me. I said, "God, I want more." He came down and touched me more. I was talking like Jacob. He was wrestling with God. He is the person, and sometimes he act like he hiding from you, and he was going away from you. 
to see that how much desperate you are for Him. Amen. One time I went to a meeting. The preacher did not lay hand the whole time. He didn't lay hand. I fly here many hours, and you didn't lay hand. And the last meeting, I have to fly back to Seattle. He didn't lay hand that meeting. I was sitting there very disappointed. You know what I did? He already sent up everyone, sent everyone home. I mean, just finished the service. I don't know, Pastor Da, remember that day? That is around 1 p.m. That meeting, last meeting. I was standing up and I say, God, he didn't lay hand. Now I'm going to receive it myself. So I say, God, I want the Holy Spirit badly. I fly to here to receive the Holy Spirit. You need to touch me subtly. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit just came upon me without laying on of hand. I was drunk in the Holy Ghost for two hours. Just no lay hand. I just standing there. God, I'm not going to leave this place. The flight was 6 p.m. So I wanted to be touched before I leave town, and God came upon me, and I was drunk, and I laughed and laughed and drunk in the Holy Ghost for two hours. I did not laugh in the airplane though. I got out already by that time, six o'clock. You see how desperate you are, and you can talk to God and ask God. But if you stand up and say, "So what? I'm going home." Then that's what you get. You get what you want. God look at you. Okay, that's what you want. You get what you want. Amen. I don't know about you. I am desperate for more anointing. I talk to God many times. God, could you please anoint me more? Not that I will have reputation of being a great preacher. No. Because I see in the world, my patients, my friend around me, are suffering from sickness and disease. Suffering from demonic activities and sin, many families are broken down. I know I cannot help them by my own strength. I need the anointing. God, could you please anoint me more than before, so I can go out and set the captive free, and help people to be saved. The whole point is the Great Commission: is to set the captive free, preaching the gospel, set the, setting people free from bondage and from oppression of the enemy. We want more anointing to do the work of God. Amen. How can you set other people free if you are not free? God had to set you free first in a meeting like this, so you can set other people free. So sometimes in the laying on of hand, sometimes it's more like setting you free first, and after that He begin to anoint you to go and set the captive free. You come back here every month. Maybe the first few months is for you to be set free, but after a few months, you begin to get more anointing, and you go out to set the captive free. It's the timing of God. You are receiver, and you are the giver. Before you can give, you have to be full first. One preacher say, "Empty hand, lay on the empty head, then get nothing." Before your hand have fullness of the oil of God, you need to be filled first to go out and lay hand on people. Before you go and set the captive free, you need to be free first. Sometimes people want to lay hand, lay hand, but they are so empty in the inside; they don't have anointing at all. Very small voltage, nothing happened. You need a big voltage. How many people are desperate enough to say that I don't care about my hairstyle, I don't care about my mascara? My lipsticks. I don't care what people think about me. 
I'm not self-conscious tonight. I'm going to be God-conscious tonight. This is a meeting that no one criticizes you. No one going to judge you and look at you. This is a meeting that everybody going to focus on God. The meeting is designed for you to focus on God. It's not about human and human, but it's about you and God. This meeting is designed that way. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. First group that I want to call is the people who never been filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. First group. If you never speak in tongues, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you have faith tonight that you will be filled and speaking in tongues. You speak, not God speak. God give you the language that you have to open your mouth and speak. If that group come first, I and Pastor Da would like to pray for you. One more thing before we pray. In this kind of meeting, let me explain to you quickly. Quickly, in this kind of meeting, we don't allow people to pray for one another. Only I, or Pastor Da, or somebody that I assign to pray, to be able to lay hand on you. The reason not because I'm prideful. Listen carefully. The reason because you come to the public meeting that people around you you don't know. You don't want anybody that go out to the casino last night to lay hand on you. You don't want anybody who sit close to you that just watched pornography last night lay hand on you. The reason a lot of revival meeting in America went into a mess, went into demonic activities, because they allow public laying on of hand. People lay hand on each other like mad in the meeting, and somebody. It's a cultish, some from out of town, and come to destroy the meeting. So they lay hand on some member in the church, pass in demon into somebody, and then start to have demonic activities, barking and doing some animal thing. And they think that that is from the Holy Spirit. That is not Holy Spirit. That is demon. We need to cast them out. Amen. So that's why in this meeting we need to protect the anointing, and we need to protect you by no one lay hand on each other, except I know and I assign to prevent. A mess in the meeting, and I'm gonna keep doing this until I die. I'm gonna protect people in the meeting. Amen. If you go to any meeting and people lay hand on one another like a like a mess, don't go to that meeting. You are seeking problem because you don't know who is next to you, behind you. Some uh, there are a lot of story about this. One friend of mine went to a meeting and somebody lay hand on her back. After that, she got headache for one month. Because demon can come into her, the demon of headache. She had to cast them out. So therefore, don't lay hand on each other. And if anybody lay hand on you, can you say, "Could you please stay out, get, get your hand out of me?" Because this is a rule in this meeting. No one lay hand on each other, except me or Pasada or somebody I tell. I'm not rude or mean. I try to protect you. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit and you want to be filled, I pray for those people first. Tonight, could you please come here? <clears throat> I'm talking about being baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. We're gonna take some chair out to to give more room.
You need to be a Christian, okay, to receive the Holy Spirit. If you're not a born again Christian, you cannot receive. This is for only Christian, born again Christians. If you're not born again, you can be born again now to receive the Holy Spirit. So, in order to be sure, I'm going to lead you to pray. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only son. Bring me your tired, you said. Bring me your weak. Bring me your hungry masses. We seek your glory. I want to be